Welcome to CU Anschutz 360, a podcast about the CU Anschutz Medical Campus. We feature faculty, staff, and students and their interesting and innovative work. My name is Chris Casey, and I'm an editor in the Office of Communications. And today I'm talking with Neil Box, an associate professor of dermatology in the CU School of Medicine. In addition to his teaching and research into UV exposure, Dr. Box is president and co-founder of the Colorado Melanoma Foundation, which is a leader in providing community education about sun protection and sun safe behaviors. Thanks very much for joining us for this podcast, Neil. Thanks, Chris. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Always happy to uh, spread the word and put some of this information out there. Great. Thank you. So here we are. And usually in late spring, it's usually in late spring that the uh, Colorado Melanoma Foundation's sun bus gets rolling. And I'm wondering, has the coronavirus pandemic put the brakes, so to speak, on, on the bus this year? Well, yeah, Chris, it certainly has. We were going to launch our program actually in March and literally around the shutdown, March 13, whenever the shutdown really bit, we were, we were actually planning our launch for then. So we had some big uh, activities planned and some, uh, some events to plug into and, uh, it just, they just put the bite on it and it was, it was kind of over. So we've had some downtime. The Sun Bus goes to major community events where there are lots and lots of people. So with the cancellation of all the, um, all the big community festivals, we've had to sort of sit back on our heels like everybody else and, uh, reinvent ourselves, which we're working on now. Great. And um, could you explain a little bit of history with the Sun Bus, uh, Neil? Like, how did it get started? Uh, you mentioned it, it'll usually go to festivals and such. So where does it travel? And, and just what exactly is its main purpose? So the Sun Bus got started um, really when we started the Colorado Melanoma Foundation back in 2013. We started doing some events and raising some money. And uh, then we were having some conversations and I was having one conversation in particular with Dr. Karen Nern, who's one of our supporters. Karen uh, started the Vale, Aspen, and Breckenridge and Glenwood Springs Dermatology. And uh, so we, we had an event with her and we raised some money. And then there was a conversation of what should we do with it? And given that we came out of a dermatology background, we we're thinking, you know, what's the most important area for melanoma and dermatology? And that's really, I, I think dermatology owns community prevention and, uh, so and screening as well. So in those areas, we wanted to have a major program that actually could impact the state. And so as we talked it through, uh, Dr. Nern actually realized, you know, she, she came out, you know, I know we should have a bus. The idea clicked and that was back in 2015, I believe. And so we started working diligently on raising the funds to launch the program. And so we raised the seed funds and uh, bought a bus and got it fitted out in the way that it needs to be and then got some sponsorships together to be able to operate it on an annual basis. And last spring, we put it on the on the road. And over the summer, we, we were at major community events with over 700,000 people uh, providing education. We had 26,000 visitors come to the front of the bus and interact with our displays. We gave away... 850 free skin screens and I referred 96 lesions, including six melanomas. And we work with community derm clinics so that, you know, we, we, we had 27 different providers from 17 different clinics, um, actually including our own uh, oncologist, Dr. Medina from our own cutaneous oncology clinic and Dr. Ryan Waite from the Littleton, uh, CU Littleton um, clinic. So uh, they, they were terrific to work with as well, but largely through community dermatology and, uh, 
So, yeah, we, we've been seeing that we've been having an impact in promoting sun safety. We were actually covered by all the major TV stations last summer as well, uh, locally, to um, help get the word out there. So I, I believe we are, you know, becoming a feature and, and, and making an impact locally. Terrific. So with the cancellation of all the big festivals and, and outdoor events that the bus typically travels to, uh, I'm sure you're having to adapt, as you mentioned. So how will you be getting the word out about sun safety this summer and into July, which I believe is UV Safety Awareness Month? So really, when the, when the virus happened again, we, we sat back on our heels and we thought, how are we going to reinvent ourselves and get used to this new world? And so what we've decided to do is focus on school education because there's very much an opportunity to generate content for classrooms to help augment the existing curricula that they have. And so we've decided to focus on middle schools for that. And we're creating a series of videos um, about that, that complement the, the human body systems that the kids cover in middle school. And so this would be uh, helping build their knowledge around the skin system as an organ and then tying it into sun safety so that it's a good adjunct to help with learning in the middle school curriculum. So that's going along nicely. Uh, we've also decided to start on patient interviews that would be shareable to create a repository of stage-specific patient melanoma stories. And so, again, that's moving as well. And then we're investigating uh, launching um, some teledermatology for the remote regions where we can do it still have people come to the bus and uh, maybe have a dermatologist online and be able to conduct a teledermatology um, experience so that we can we can still be sort of safe with the virus and also provide screening services. We want to start getting out there in a, in a still in a socially distant and safe fashion, but start getting out there and making screening more available as well. We're actively working in these three areas now. We're getting very close to the official launch of this program. Great. Those sound like very creative adaptations to our, our current environment. And Colorado seems to rank very high among states with high, high rates of skin cancer diagnoses. Could you explain where Colorado ranks and just what are some of the contributing factors there? Yeah, so there's a few different types of skin cancers. Let's deal with uh, melanoma first because that's generally considered the most dangerous cancer type or skin cancer type. For melanoma, we're actually in the second highest risk group, ironically, but we've historically been in the highest risk group for death from skin cancer or from melanoma. And then some of the mountain counties have the highest, are in the highest risk group nationally as well. So this is important because we have some of the highest UV exposure levels in Colorado because of altitude. Down in Denver, we're at 25% more UV you know, then at the same latitude as sea level. If you go up to 10,000 feet in the mountains where we all ski, really between 12 and 10,000 feet is where we ski, that's over 50% more UV. And then in summer, if you're climbing a 14er, you're up above 70% UV compared to going to the beach. That's quite a bit more UV than, than what you would experience in some other places. So UV is an important local issue. This is really significant for skin cancer in general. Now, skin cancers like basal and squamous cell carcinoma are associated with your lifetime history of sun exposure. So it's cumulative. And people living in Colorado will really get more UV than in other places. And so we don't generally, non-basal and squamous cell carcinomas are dealt with in local dermatology clinics, and we don't actually collect data on those through local cancer registries. So... We can assume here that, that Colorado has some of the highest rates of other skin cancers than melanoma in the country. And so 
So really getting the word out about sun safety is, is critically important to try and trying to come to terms with all of melanoma and basal squamous cell carcinoma. And as you alluded there, melanoma is the most aggressive type of skin cancer, and I believe it has a five-year survival rate for a stage three diagnosis at about 50%. How do you help people balance the risk of the disease against their desire to spend time out in the color in Colorado's great outdoors? Well, we believe that all, you know, and the evidence is there that all sun safety, like all efforts that you've made to actually avoid sun exposure are helpful and will lower your risk of skin cancers and melanoma. On the other hand, we've got to balance that you're absolutely right. We don't want people to be cave dwellers and, you know, not enjoy the great environment that we're blessed to live in. So balancing those two factors is really important. And and the way we recommend to do that is to follow the American Academy of Dermatology's recommendations, which are to, wherever possible, if you're out in in the sun, try and, and you have the opportunity, spend time in the shade. And then where you can't be in the shade, wear a hat, wear uh, sunset clothing, um, cover up in whatever way you can, uh, wear sunscreen on the exposed parts of your body, wear sunglasses. If your kids are out swimming, get them to wear a swim shirt, like a, the, the surfers call them a rashy or a rash guard. Those are terrific for uh, helping to reduce the amount of UV exposure. So we recommend to do those things as, as well. So all in all, I, I think that the guide that you could use is don't get a sunburn, you know, don't accumulate that much, do whatever you can with those covering up strategies to avoid getting a sunburn. But please enjoy the great weather we have here in Colorado. And maybe you could uh, quantify for our audience just a bit as to how many people on average will get melanoma each year in Colorado and, and how, what's the mortality rate of those? So nationally, First of all, there will be just over 100,000 new cases of melanoma appearing in the country, and about 1,900 of those will come from Colorado. We are a pretty small state population-wise compared to some of the others. But uh, in terms of death, where about 7,500 people will die from this nationally, and about 130 of those will come from Colorado. So actually that number is because of advances with um, immunotherapies and their effectiveness over recent years, that those numbers have actually come down for death rates, which is really terrific. But the numbers of new cancers have continued to climb. So prevention is lagging the treatment efforts. We have to do more on the prevention level. Do you have any um, ideas as to why it's difficult to get kind of the sun smart message out to people? Well, it's really creating a culture of sun safety. I, at our community events with the Sun Bus last summer, we, we were out in the middle of the Colorado summer, which has some of the highest UV exposure levels in the country. And look, count the number of people wearing a hat at midday. And it's actually very few. Very few people are just haven't sort of, we haven't created that culture of, say, for example, the very simple part of it, hat use. We haven't created a culture of hat use. That's a smart thing to do. You know, these messages are just not getting out there enough. We're not getting enough reminders out there. We're not engaging with different industries and schools and all of our stakeholders locally to actually encourage them to take on these these clever strategies that can help us address the importance of sun safety. So we really need to pick that up another notch. And that's what our Sun Bus program is designed to try to stimulate. 
Also, it seems like there's always relative confusion about what's the best SPF level of sunscreen to use. Do you have any recommendations as to the SPF level, maybe particularly here in Colorado, and then how often folks should be reapplying the sunblock? Well, yeah, these are good reminders always. Uh, SPF is a measure, actually, interestingly, of, of UVB exposure, where UVB is the, the shorter wave, UV, high energy wavelengths of UV, and they actually cause the burning, so B for burning. And S, SPF, or sun protection factor, of, of 30 or above screens out. So 30 screens out 97% of UV rays. SPF 50, it's 98%. If you had SPF 100, it would be 99%. So sounds like big increase in terms of SPF factor level, but it doesn't give much. It's only another 1% increase between 30 and 50 and 50 and 100. So the dermatologists have developed the recommendations to use SPF 30 or above, and we certainly hold to that recommendation. And then in terms of how often should you reapply, well, follow the directions and reapply every two hours. There's two different types of sunscreens, some of the old style UV absorbing sunscreens that are very effective at absorbing UVB rays, they need to be applied every two hours because they break down with the UV. But then the um, UV reflective sunscreens, which have zinc and titanium in them, they can some, they sit on the surface of your skin and can be rubbed off. And so you'd want to reapply those every two hours as well. Okay, great. People may be inclined to try to get a base tan from, say, a tanning bed to get started on the summer outdoor season, thinking this is a quote-unquote, protective tan. What are your thoughts on tanning beds? Well, that's very interesting. We were engaged just before the virus hit. We were engaged with an effort to try to get uh, the state of Colorado to ban tanning beds for ages 18 and under. Tanning beds are a class one carcinogen as categorized by the World Health Organization in the same category as tobacco. Now, everybody has has tobacco bans for, for children, but we don't have that Colorado is one of the last states to have a ban for children with tanning beds. A single tanning bed usage can increase your risk of melanoma. Now, tanning beds use UVA. So UVA, we use a little mnemonic there of A for aging because the UVA rays penetrate deeper into your skin and cause damage to your dermis and they promote solar elastosis or or leathery skin and pigmentary changes like pigmented, pigmented blotches on your skin as you get older. But they also are, have an action spectrum where they promote melanoma. So a single tanning bed use can re- elevate your risk of, of getting melanoma in the future. You know, definitely follow with the World Health Organization and the scientific data in recommending that people do not use tanning beds under any circumstances. And in fact, the idea of a base tan or a protective tan is a leftover from an era past which is really unsubstantiated and it doesn't confer a lot of value. A tan, in effect, is damage. You don't really want to get a tan. A tan is just a biomarker for skin damage and for DNA damage or mutations accumulating in your skin. So we do not recommend that. I'm curious, um, just how did you get interested in melanoma research in the first place? I did my graduate school in Brisbane, Australia at the University of Queensland and uh, so Queensland is the melanoma capital of the universe, I suppose, in terms of rates of melanoma. We've got a lot of people with, with pasty white skin living close to the equator and, and spending a lot of time on the beach. And so they've had a, a real local problem with historically melanoma rates three times that of the U.S. They've invested in, in some really great researchers that uh, have 
performed some of the seminal work on understanding prevention of skin cancer and melanoma. So I had the privilege of working with some of those people at the University of Queensland. And so that really stimulated my interest working. I actually didn't realize how good those people were. Uh, until I left and, and came to work in other places. I, it was a real privilege in my career to be able to train with the people I trained with. And that kind of brings me to my to the next question, which is, um, do you have any melanoma research programs currently underway? And if so, what is the focus and uh, does the Sunbus play any role in helping uh, you and your research team to gather information? Well, yes. Um, well, research is kind of where we're sort of taking baby steps towards initiating research back on campus in a laboratory sense, but it'll be a little bit longer before we can get the sun bus back in operation regarding research. But we do have a research component to it where we're collecting information from our community about attitudes and behaviors for sun safety and uh, also trying to work on developing new measures or validating new measures of, of sun damage on your skin, so we can incorporate that into um, into melanoma case control studies. So we do have some pretty a pretty nice research aspect to the sun bus that has kind of a community science type feel to it, which I really like. As the as major events start to open up, we'll be able to reinitiate those studies. Great, and the sun bus is a distinctly Colorado creation, a, a first in the nation kind of effort. Uh, do you have long-term plans to try to uh, take it or the concept of it nationwide? Well, yes, we we had uh, we we wanted to be going in Colorado first, and we have been engaging in in discussions with our team of sponsors about delivering the same concept in in some other geographic areas as well. Again, we've we've put those conversations on hold while we all wait for this virus. But I think there is a broader interest in what we're doing and trying to use the public education, you know, those aspects that the the great public reach that we get through the Sunbus program partners very well or fits very well with marketing efforts for industry for the sun safety industry. And so we've pulled a team of those players together and we're hoping to fund some of this commercially at a broader scale. But those conversations have been ongoing, but we're just kind of waiting for this virus as the events open up and we'll be able to get back in operation. So we are kind of continuing those discussions as we speak. And speaking of the virus, do you think there's a possible silver lining to the pandemic in that perhaps it has kept people indoors longer as people are self-quarantining? and potentially reducing their risk then to skin cancer? Well, actually, I think it might be the other way around. I think with people being home in uh, in quarantine, I think I've seen a lot of people out taking walks that might, in, in the middle of the day, that might otherwise have been in an office working at work. So I wouldn't be surprised if people are actually getting more sun exposures. I think the need for this message is that while people are enjoying or having a break from their work from home and getting outside and doing the gardening or going for a walk or a bike ride or what have you, that they don't forget to be sun safe. It's really necessary. And uh, you being from Australia, talk about a rough year for, for a country. Uh, first, the massive wildfires and, and now the coronavirus pandemic. I'm just curious how, um, you know, you probably have family, friends, colleagues, etc. in Australia. How, how are folks bearing with all the adversity they've faced. Well, certainly those bushfires were, were really a, um, I mean, talk about wildfires, right? What a wild experience for everybody involved. 
that was um, incredible. But uh, the coronavirus, I think Australia's fared incredibly well for the coronavirus. They did have an initial um, influx of cases, but they got onto it very quickly. The Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, recruited all the state premiers to on a, on a coronavirus task force group and they got the necessary expertise under their um, under their belt and then unified the country in how they were going to approach it. And so they really got a lid on it and shut it down very quickly. So Queensland, where I'm from, early on didn't have, you know, really many cases at all. And then the cases that they did have with the social distancing that they engaged in, they hit it early, they hit it hard and they just did not see the 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 escape and sort of uh, massive spread that you saw in the United States. So I think the the unity in the healthcare system that they had really helped them to address that nationwide. And now they're looking at reopening things. They are they have they're in the middle of reopening things and getting back on track. You know the government's been great about trying to offset a lot of the losses that the people have experienced and get the economy up and working again. So I think the whole world is kind of in that phase, but. As far as deaths and case numbers, Australia was pretty low down there. And I think it's largely because they announced the unified and an effective response to the virus. Oh, great. Glad to hear that that aspect of things has gone relatively smoothly then. And so uh, back here in Colorado, as people head into the summer months, just any, uh, Neil, do you have any final thoughts? If I could uh, just leave people with one thought, I'd say, whatever you do, don't get a sunburn. Okay. Good advice at any time of year for certain. Okay. uh, Dr. Neil Box, thank you very much for uh, joining us for this podcast and sharing all this, uh, the very important sun safety messages with us. Thank you, Chris. It was a pleasure. Always happy to do it. CU Anschutz 360 is produced by the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus. Story editing and production by Chris Casey. Mix and tech production by Matt Hastings. Digital design by Sarah Adams and Jenny Merchant. A special thanks to the rest of the Office of Communications team for support and edits. We'd also like to thank our guest this week, Dr. Neil Box. You can read more on the Sun Bus and the other latest stories and breakthroughs on our campus at news.cuanschutz.edu. This is CU Anschutz 360.